This is Kat. And Nat from the Mom Truth Podcast. Does your little one love Paw Patrol? What about dinosaurs? Well, the new season of Paw Patrol is here, and guess what? It's a dino rescue. I can't wait for my kid to watch each episode 10 times a night. All of your holiday and birthday gift shopping is pretty much done because, of course, there are a whole new batch of dino rescue toys. And for a limited time at Target, get 15% off the new Paw Patrol dino rescue toys with the code PAW15. Check it out. It's gonna be possum. The Way Up North podcast is supported by Wooden Banana. Wooden Banana has delivered personalized wooden packaging for photographers since 2014 and has since connected with thousands of photographers from around the world. Their handmade wooden products range from CD and print boxes through to custom USBs, all individually engraved with your branding, giving your client delivery the love it deserves no matter where you are in the world. Wooden Banana has partnered with Way Up North for three events in a row and is offering a 10% discount on all their products using the purchasing code 110. So give them a look at woodenbanana.com or follow their store and Instagram via the hashtag woodenbanana. Ashley and Jeremy Parsons. This is a very heavy conversation and one we hope you enjoy until the very end. My name is Cole Roberts and this is the Way Up North podcast. Today, host Jenny Hamara speaks with We Are the Parsons, a husband and wife team from the States. While this is obviously a photography podcast, we strive for it to be much more. Our goal is for you to gain insight into the real lives of the people out there in our wedding photography community. And this episode certainly met that goal. The Parsons are remarkably open about everything going on in their lives, and it's deep. Real issues like life and death awoke them from the blur and facade of the online world, and they have an incredible story to share. Jenny nails the interview, and this is a fluid conversation from start to finish. Settle in because it gets very real. So here we go. We are the Parsons, speaking with Jenny Hamar in June 2016. Okay, so I'm looking at the Parsons sitting in a trailer. That's all I know. You guys look beautiful first thing in the morning. Thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> On my first cup of coffee. So but you're, you're not straight out of bed if you have small kids. Uh, do they sleep I'm until not straight out of bed. You are. <laughs> I am. Um, we kind of have, we have some really wonderful summer rituals where if we've stayed up really late working or hosting people, Jeremy will let me sleep in for about an hour past when the kids get up and then he'll wake me up with coffee. <laughs> He's basically best husband ever. Uh, wow. Can you I'm talk to my husband? Only. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Have your husband call me. Yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah. Did you Take guys, morning. were you up late last night? Yeah, we had um, we had some friends over. I mean, it felt late for us. It, it was probably not that late. <laughs> it was probably like eleven, but well, that's we're like old people. So. <laughs> well, that is late. So, yeah. where are you guys living right now? I feel like you guys recently moved. Did I make that up? 
No, you did not make that up. We just moved uh, three months ago uh, to the day, I think. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, you're right. So we moved. We live in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. So if you look at America, it's basically right in the middle. Okay. And right in the place that you usually fly over if you come to America. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a city that is kind of in the middle of plains and farmland. But it is a uh, it's a great city. And we've lived here for about 11 years. And so three months ago, we moved from the urban core to kind of the outskirts, uh, a larger open plot with more space and good schools for our kids and a really, really great home that was built in 1887. So oh, wow. uh, it, was, it was a great move for us. So That's really yeah. cool. Were you guys looking for something like, is it a fixer-upper or is it... It kind of is. I mean, it, cosmetically, it's a major fixer-upper. We've done a lot to it. And I think for the first two months, there wasn't a day. If we weren't working for a wedding or an event, we were working on the house. We were ripping up carpets and painting walls and replacing plumbing and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, but that's kind of... That's the blessing and the curse with an older home. You know, you you adopt everything that's wrong with it. But then as we pour into it, it's so ours now. Yeah. You know, even just three months in, it feels like we've been here for 10 years. And hopefully that we will be here for a lot longer than that. It's it's a really special place. Yeah, it's like, incomplete right now. Yeah. But those places of incompleteness there are places of incompleteness, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah. that's our mess. You know, like, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's ugly in that corner. Cause I ripped that carpet up and it's like, <laughs> and I haven't yet had a time to fix it. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. But that is nice. Cause you get to pick your own colors and you're doing things like, and there's something about, I feel like there's like a soul in an old, in an older house that it could be good or bad. I mean, but hey. No, there really is, and there is something to, um, well, story, you know, as storytellers, we're obsessed with stories, and so just walking through those rooms and wondering, I mean, really, in the 1800s, who was born here, yeah. you know, who who died here, who loved someone here and raised children here, it's just such a cool thing to to know that there is well over a hundred years of history and story already going on in these bones. And now we get to add to it, you know? Yeah. That it's is really cool. cool. We have, yeah, some... we live. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, we live right down the street from a, from a cemetery and, um, and we walk there pretty often, like in the evenings, we'll take a, a walk with the kids and they'll ride their bikes or something. We'll walk through the, the rows of different gravestones and it, it does kind of um, bring you back to this place of, wow, this is real, this is real history. Like yeah. if our house was built back then, we're seeing gravestones from people that were dying in the turn of the century, you know, 1905 or something and going, I wonder, you know, I wonder if they knew the people that were in the house and it kind of, uh, it's kind of a cathartic experience when you walk through that just to see history um, having played out. And so it's fun to fun to own this house. Um, 
in, in that way. So, do you feel like you guys are in a phase of doing that kind of deep thinking about like life and death? I feel like we yeah. really we are and we have been for years. We um, and it really started to affect our work probably six years ago, maybe even seven years ago, when um, all of a sudden my dad, who was the person at that point that both Jeremy and I were closest to, got cancer and had, you know, two months to live. And he lived almost a year. And we we were very, very close to him. He was both of our best friends. And we just kind of watched him live his last year of life. And every day with a lot of joy, a lot of hope, a lot of intentionality. And, and at the end of that year, I remember him talking to someone and saying, you know, for the first time in my life, I can look back on this year and say, not one of these days was wasted. And I don't think I could say that before. And, and so when he died, we were, we were present, we were in the room, we were holding his hand and, um, and literally his soul left his body and everything changed for us because it's so easy, right, to just walk around on this mud ball with all the other people walking around on this mud ball and to think that today is just today, tomorrow will be tomorrow, 10 years from now will be 10 years from now. And and the reality is the choices that that we make today, the way we think about our lives and our family and, and the people that come into it today, that's everything. And, and that's setting patterns for how we live the rest of our lives and remember them, regrets or not. And so, um, so that, that loss being so massive and leaving such a huge gaping hole, because when you lose someone like that, no one else can replace them. Yeah. Uh, we just started to explore that and, and honestly to, to feel it, to feel the, the joy that comes from being really alive, to feel the emptiness that comes from death and knowing that we're going to die, that, you know, 10 out of 10 people just do. Yeah, that's just <laughs> inevitable. Yeah. yeah, you know, and so I think that um, being open to that was a really fascinating thing because then our work started to be informed by, you know, as a friend of ours said the other day, and we're like, that's exactly it. I, I don't really need to make cool pictures anymore. I just want to make photographs very aware that that father of the bride is going to die someday. Yeah. And so it changed our work and it changed the way that we live and treat one another and then, of course, as the wonderful, ironic spirit of God would have it, we were given by adoption our third son who has insane medical needs and um, had brain surgery when he was a baby and had brain surgery again in February. And two weeks ago, he was in the ICU for a week and it looked like we would lose him. And and so death and, and the reality of the presence of how precious life is and how uncatchable it is. We can't, we can't clasp it in our fist and keep it. Right. Um, it's changed us and it's, 
it makes us who we are and as morbid as that sounds to walk around in a cemetery every night as a family, you know, and see headstones of five-year-olds and to realize that 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 could very much happen to us. Um, Man, it's hard, but it sure does keep you from making some really bonehead mistakes the next day, you know? Like, I mean, talk about (laughs) keeping, I mean, reminding yourself of what the priorities are, you know? Exactly. Hmm. It's a lot, it's a lot easier to, to not look at social media after whatever, 15 months it's been now since we quit. It's a lot easier to not have a television. It's a lot easier to be intentional with, with what we spend our time on because there is an awareness that who knows how much of it there is. Yeah. And and we want to make it count, you know? And, and not just like media and how we, how we treat that. Um, but, you know, there's an intentionality and an urgency, I feel like, in terms of like forgiveness and mm-hmm. uh, having relationship, um, you know, on, on good standing. There's a, um, you know, there, there's an intentionality to and an urgency to parent well. And like we get one crack with these little boys uh, who are swiftly becoming young men. Mm -hmm. And, you know, (laughs) it's terrifying to think, oh, in about six years, one of them is going to be gone. Right. No, that's that's unacceptable. Uh, He can't be growing that fast. (laughs) I refuse Uh, to accept it there. (laughs) And in four years, he'll be driving. It's like, dear members of Earth. Be take careful. two months off the road. Just take a break. <laughs> this is not going to work out well. This cannot this, end well. <laughs> this should scare all of us. I don't think he can see over the steering wheel, so be, be aware of that. Well, that's, uh, well, and, what did, and what did you say, Jeremy, about forgiveness? You said in regards to the kids, you mean, or like... Oh, gosh. Uh, in regard to uh, each other. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've been married as of July 7th which is in a week, uh, we will have been married 15 years. Wow. And so we, uh, yep. High, high five. five. High five for that. <laughs> totally. It was a high five. Um, is that what you do? After 15 we certain, years, you don't kiss anymore. You just high five each other. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the kissing comes later. The high five is the foreplay. Yeah. yeah. In, in 20, years, <laughs> 20 years, it's like I mean, a fist bump. And then you're just like, the head nod. after. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, 15 years it has flown by and, you know, it would be a total lie to say that it has been a breeze the entire time. Now, it hasn't been bad. It's been wonderful and amazing and I'm so thankful for it. But every anniversary that we come around to is like a reminder that, hey, I'm a really broken person and I'm married to a broken person and, and there's a deeper acceptance of the fact that that just is the way that it is. Yeah. And, and that that's the way it's meant to be, you know, yeah. she is, she's a person, so she's not going to meet every single one of my needs, uh, deeply. Right. And that frees me up to say, she's just a person I can forgive and vice versa because she's married to a very broken, you know, a hole of a man, <laughs> asshole, you know, I'm just very handsome so, though. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> just a 
yeah, I'm a I'm a jerk sometimes, and and like it. With, with all that said, like, you know, if the, if if life is going to end someday, and the chances are really strong that one of us is going to put the other one in the ground, you know, we walk through that cemetery, and it's a reminder of that when we see a spouse at somebody's gravestone, you know, mourning. We're going. Okay, if that's going to happen to us, then then today. Today, I want to forgive you. Today, I want to be at peace with you. Today, I want to love you for the broken person that you are. Yeah. So, does that make sense? Totally. I mean, okay. it's actually really beautifully said. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been married for 10 years. I also have small kids. I mean, I totally relate to that. Obviously, if somebody's like, you know, this person that I'm with is perfect. There's nothing wrong with him. Then you're just like, okay, wow. Um, that's more scary to me than actually being like we have problems I mean life is not easy and like you said this whole idea that I think a lot of people have maybe even on their wedding day sadly that you know this person is is going to fill all of my needs is going to be you know everything and that's that can be short lived sometimes when you start to realize that you you want to that you're that is not possible <laughs> yeah well and I think after well after 10 years of marriage at least we started because of the loss of my dad we started going to these weddings and and you know the first 10 years had had enough trouble on their own it was it's a fist fight sometimes you know and so we we just decided man we're with these couples we have them for part of the day, we have them completely to ourselves. We're going to make photographs of them. We're going to be um, probably the people closest to them in proximity all day long. Yeah. And yeah. so we have a chance to be honest with them because they do invite us into that close space as though we were a family member or a friend. And so we, we started to kind of take that illusion that, Yay, you just married your soulmate who's going to meet every need and just thoroughly shred that. <laughs> and and in a really not mean or, or nasty way, but just to, to put our cameras down for a millisecond and give them this little pep talk of, hey, we know everything's really wonderful right now. And, and look at all these people who have come from far away to be here and look at the dress and look at the detail look at all of this this is just crazy right y'all this is great here's the problem we've lived it and there's gonna come a day and it might be really soon where you want to break every single promise you just made and there's gonna come a day where you may break them you may break most of them and so what marriage is about is not the keeping of the promises or the remembering of the details or a wedding. Marriage is about who I am and who I offer to you when you do that, what I become. Mm -hmm. Marriage is about fighting through that, you know? And so it's been kind of cool to be able to offer that to our couples and to hear from them afterwards. I think more than even the photographs, we hear from them about that time, that moment where we kind of bring them together into reality and we give them this gift of 
it's worth it. And the photos we're going to make now, we want you to look back on those and remember this. Remember that it's worth it. Remember what we were talking about here. And And I was just going to say, I think that must offer them a lot of comfort too, to, to hear that because I think people freak out sometimes when it's like, and especially, I mean, in the States, sometimes people don't even live together before they get married. So it's like, all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I'm not, it's not, it's not all, uh, what, what do you say in English? It, it's not all like roses and, <laughs> um, it's not, so it's probably nice to remember what you told them and, and you guys are like a lovely couple, like just saying, just, you know, bear through it and like trust in yourselves or whatever you say to them. I mean, it doesn't sound morbid. It sounds like that would be really comforting to hear. Like, okay, we're at this. <laughs> you guys should it actually run the ceremony, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Meant, it's meant to be good news, not bad news. Right. I mean, the good news is when you release somebody to just be a person and you don't have that iron-fisted, like, I must have mm. your complete uh, obedience all the time. <laughs> Like, it really frees you just to love and to be loved also. Yeah. And it's not to say that we do that perfectly right now. Like, this is a it's a growing skill over the decades. Yeah. Um, but the longer that we've been married, the more that I think we're realizing that's that's what marriage is. Like, you you know, you grow, you grow in, in small amounts, and then you – but you keep at it um, over a long time. And then you look back over 15 years and you go – Gosh, I was such a freaking child when we got married, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm thankful to be where we are right now with um, a deeper level of maturity, hopefully. Um, and I certainly love her more than I did on our wedding day, and that's after that's after a lot of the storms and the battles and stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's it's odd to be wedding photographers and to have been married for 15 years because I think when we first started in wedding photography, it was like, oh man, weddings are really fun. <laughs> like everything about them, and, and look, they're great events. They are, but with a with a greater level of maturity and kind of an awareness of the finality of life, um, they have become they've become more. They've become this kind of living. Um, microcosm, if you will, of like of life playing out. You're, it's the beginning of a story. It's not the story itself. It's mm-hmm. it's not the pinnacle of the story. It's the first day, and someday these images have a chance to be at somebody's funeral. And that's a pretty inspiring thought. So that's huge. Um, these photos are important, and they're <clears throat> like you said, they're somebody's you know their their hugs and moments and and like looks you know between people that you just are never going to come back you know that that they just happened and so I think yeah above a beautiful picture of a table setting that's going to be I mean yeah so important right and do you feel like was there something like in your relationship that led you to this like the way you're thinking now or have you always been this kind of wise in regards to marriage or was it the your father dying that kind of made turned everything for you uh, I think that I think that that was a big one 
losing him was a big one. Um, but there have been plenty of huge fuck ups along the way too. <laughs> like there have just been some some mistakes that we've both made, some choices we've both made. We wish we could take back. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been, um, and then you you grow into those mistakes. And you decide not to grow around them or grow past them. You decide to grow into, okay, what was that about? Who who was I? And and why was I pointing the finger at you? Why you know? And so I think that we go through our lives and we have this chance to actually experience them. We have the chance, all of us, equal opportunity, life. It's just so few of us actually decide to step into it. You know, as soon as it gets really, 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 really hard and awful and messy, or sometimes as soon as it gets really, really exciting and there's this opportunity. So many people decide, okay, this is where, this is where my capacity ends. I'm not going there. And I think that Jeremy and I, for whatever reason, we both are wired to say, okay, I'm tempted right now to run away. But I think it's going to be worth it if we go into this together. I think it's going to be worth it on the other side. And have you guys, do you find that you like when one is feeling weaker for some, or more off keel or whatever, does the other one rise or, or do you both kind of like, uh, you capsize and then you both kind of stand the same time. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting. I <laughs> I don't know if one of us can be totally strong while the other one's weak. That does happen a lot. Um, but I also know that, man, I listened to this beautiful interview of an old man, an old woman who had been married for just decades. It was lovely. And they were very real about it. And I think that he came to the point in the interview of saying, the important thing is just that both of you don't give up at the same exact mm-hmm. moment. That's nice. And, and so, you know, and don't give up has been like a mantra for us. We started a workshop for photographers called the Don't Give Up Project the year after my dad died, we have couples sometimes hold a poster that says, don't give up on it and we'll give it to them. Um, so I think that's kind of in the story, right? Like even when we're both really weak and really like, this is awful. There's always one of us in that moment. That's like, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not giving up on this, even if you are right now. And that's a pretty great thing, you know? That's, oh my God, I, I'm going to steal that because that's um, like <laughs> as a too. mantra just because, like you said, it's nice to know that I, if you, even if you have the like clearness and honesty to say, I want to give up. And the other one's yeah. like, well, I'm not, so I'll help you or carry you or you know what I mean like it just you know I'll wait for you I'll sit here and I'll if it takes months I'll wait for you and and when you change your mind then I'm gonna be like okay you're back now I want to give up (laughs) you took such a long time no so it looks like that and 
And that's okay. I just think that it's a great opportunity. Love and hate and longevity and and marriage. It's a great opportunity to practice being human mm-hmm. um, while we still can. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. I We've been listening to this song a lot <clears throat> recently where one of the texts in this, one of the lyrics is something about only when we're about to die do we truly learn how to live. And um, mm-hmm. we've been talking a lot about that, which is kind of what you guys are defying a little bit now. But um, but maybe thanks to being so close to the death of your father and that that whole notion that like, like you said, just to be intentional about things, because I think it is easy to just kind of the days, you know, you were like trying to live really long, everyone. But then it's like, what are you going to do with that? time? I mean, are you, you spending that time wisely? Or is it just just to be here, just to breathe, just to exist, you know? Right. Well, what, yeah, go ahead. And nobody knows. Nobody knows when their time is, right? Like, right. so, yeah, it's, you know, maybe it's easier when it's defined for you when it's like, um, I've been given the death sentence or whatever. Right. But the truth is, like, the real macabre, like, hard truth, and not, and not to get totally macabre about all of this, like, it's a beautiful life to live. It really is. But, like, mm-hmm. we are all going to end up in the ground someday, uh, as it were. Like, you, and and which of us can decide when when that's going to happen? Like, so, you know, I think, I think when you're young, it's easy to say, well, it, that's so far in the future that that just like today doesn't matter so much. And as you get older, it begins to gain more importance. But the problem is who the heck knows, like which of us can say when we'll go. And I think that that awareness grows whenever, sadly, whenever we take our son to the hospital, which has been more frequently lately, you know, we, we go in there and, there are families grieving the loss of their child around us. It is, it is just, it's, it's awful and it's, um, scary. And, um, it's also real. Yeah. It's just as real as everything else we experience on a daily basis. So those kind of experiences, um, have a, have a chance. You can either shut it off and numb yourself or you can, you can stare at it and go, um, okay, reality is scary and hard, and it drives us to want to do things a little bit differently than just to, you know, numb ourselves and, you know, kind of piss every day away. Because um, today, today actually does matter, so... Yeah, Annie, author Annie Dillard, I don't know if you've ever read her. She's just, she's fantastic. Um, She has this quote in one of her books that says, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. And I think we, we all have a tendency to forget that. And of course, someone's probably pinning that on a Pinterest board right now, A lot of people. you know, not, not realizing that every pin, every five seconds, every five minutes, every five hours, 
spent on that pursuit is how they're spending their life and it's contributing to their legacy. And so it's just a fascinating thing to say, okay, to, you know, wake up in the morning to have coffee together and to say, okay, how about today? You know, this is one day in a lifetime of days and quickly it has come and quickly it will be over. And so how do we want to spend today? Mm -hmm. You know, because how we spend today is how we spend our life, like it or not. Um, good, bad, and ugly, and all the rest of it. Yeah. And and we get the choice, you know. We still we still can have the power of decision and, and not co-sign that over to our culture or our friends or expectations. Or our mortgage. Like right. Think what so wait, the fact that you're even sitting here talking to me is like such an honor. <laughs> you decided no. you wanted to spend the time with me. <laughs> That's no, I, nice. Wow. This is a huge honor for us, Seriously. of course. Like, oh my gosh. Um, I'm, I'm really emotional now after you. Oh, uh, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, uh, can, can you guys come hang over <laughs> at our house? <laughs> yes, please. No, but you're so right. How we spend our days is how we spend our lives. That's, that's so powerful. I do you do that then in the morning like you not I mean every day like what what's on the schedule for today I mean what are we going to do today or what's the goal for today or what's, <laughs> yeah I mean there's there's a there's always work to be done and there's children to be raised and there is a house to take care of and there's a woman to love and you know and hopefully me to love too so you know like we have <laughs> We have a family, we have a business, and we have a house that all need care and time. And so, I mean, I mean, we could we could uh, we could waste a lot of time on Netflix or or whatever. But um, but that's not part of the plan today. So yeah. So, so like how, we, how do you prioritize in that in that huge? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You. Oh. How do you prioritize in that? I mean. And, and I'm literally taking notes here because I I want to know. <laughs> but how do you um, how what like how does that? Because I mean I I feel like it's so easy to fall into the stuff that where someone's waiting for something. That's what you have mm -hmm. to do that first. Like just get that out of the way, and then you have time with your kids and stuff. But I mean that's all wrong. That's right. backwards. Right. It's so so, so backwards. And I think that we for a really long time I have wanted to like write something or stand up at a podium and and totally defame this idea of work-life balance yeah. because it's like the sexy thing to say just like back in the day it was really sexy to say you were busy or you know in our mother's day it was really sexy to say I'm juggling um I I can't think of a more anxiety producing white unicorn than work-life balance. Absolutely. I, you know, so what I can think of doing, what does sound human to me is that when we wake up in the morning by, by really the miracle of God giving us breath in our lungs, which we have no control over, we get to choose to be present. And so in the morning with coffee, 
usually the kids all pile in our bed and it's a cluster because then somebody inevitably like five minutes later is injured, right? Oh. One of the kids is like kicks the other one or somebody accidentally bit someone or <laughs> whatever, you know? So, so right off the bat, we get this chance to be present and, and to walk into this day with intention and with a purpose, which is okay. We're going to live this day, and and whatever happens, I hope that my my heart stays open. That was always a a thing for my dad. He always encouraged me, just let your heart stay open. And man, as we <coughs> excuse me, um, <coughs> <laughs> uh, you know, as we've experienced loss and as we continue to walk into hardship with our youngest i think i'm seeing more and more that man every day we have the choice to let these things in our life that are beautiful and awful uh break our hearts closed you know like concave them on themselves to to the supernatural, to this this mysterious force that is the love of God that wants to seek us and, and make a purpose out of our day, or it can break our hearts open. And and we have a lot of choice in that. You know, we we try to pretend we don't, but we do. We have a lot of choice if we're gonna live today as open-hearted people or close-hearted people. And so right now we're in the season of choosing open. And I think the more that we do that, the more that we're present. So we're present with the coffee and the kids and with one another in the morning. And then we're present with um, probably some time in the trailer to work on our podcast, which is a really fun little like creative project for us right now. We, when we quit social media 15 months ago, we started podcasting about it not very frequently and not very well we are not good at it it is hard podcast whoever's <laughs> listening to this podcast if it sounds good that was a lot of work it, it's hard right yeah, it takes yeah. so much work. sound editing is crazy so we're on that growth curve of like wow how do you talk into a microphone especially when you're trying to like read something or say something that you really need to say without sounding like a robot. No, it's hard. (laughs) I particularly am not good at that. (laughs) Yeah, you just looked at Jeremy like, not robot. (laughs) This guy over here. Half of us are not good at that. uh, I'm not naming any names here, but yeah. No, it's just, but that's fun. And we involve our kids in that now. We decided in season two that they would be a really big part of it because because it's affected them just as much as us for us to be off of there. Um, and then, you know, we'll spend time with working on our photography business. We'll take care of the chickens because we have chickens now. We, Oh my God. <laughs> crazy. Um, we'll probably take the kids to the pool and we'll plan something for dinner and we'll cook it together. You know, like this day is, it's either going to be spent with us being present in those moments where we need to be, or it isn't. And at the end of the day, 
we have to give Zion his medicine in hopes that he won't have a seizure in the middle of the night. And then we have to put a monitor on him so that if he stops breathing, we run into his room and give him CPR, you know? And so knowing that that's how our day is going to end, that sure does adjust the way I want to spend it. The the things I want to you know, read and take in the conversations I want to have with my friends and how I have those. Um, I'm like a huge fan of FaceTime right now because face-to-face is always better than a text or a phone call. I just, I love being able to see their face and show them how random my hair is today. Yeah. <laughs> really <real>. fun. <laughs> And, uh, man, what a gift, right? That that idea that we actually do get to be real. We don't have to go through some process. I think a lot of people, a lot, I'm realizing through just my own living life, um, I feel like go through maybe their entire life without taking off that like mask of, you know, well, hello there. You know, I, I mean, right. what you guys are doing is just the way you are is unique. I mean, n- unique in the sense that it's not common and it's that you're both kind of on the same page and that, I mean, you rarely see that. And to say that is kind of scary, you know. I mean, how many people are out there just like basically Facebooking perfect pictures of how they spent their day? I mean, like building up maybe a um, an image of what their life is like. I mean, that's very common. It is, yeah. And it was us, you know. It's easy to be that, and man, I almost feel like it's a what was it that guy said that was so beautiful? God will. God will take you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you did not expect to go. God will take you where you did not expect to go to produce in you what you couldn't bring about on your own. Like, right. Which is a phrase that has kind of radically shifted our life um, over time. Yeah, to, to accept these things, these places we didn't expect to go and these places we don't want to go. Right. Like, yeah. You know, there are a lot of days I don't want to be that mother holding her son's hand walking through a cemetery and and him looking at, you know, there's this headstone that's like the size of a rhinoceros and it is a rhinoceros, literally a headstone, a cement rhinoceros. And for him to say last night, if I die, I could live under a rhinoceros. And, and there's an eight-year-old boy's body buried under that rhino. And he just happened to love those animals. And so his parents honored him in that way. Mm. But he's not with them anymore. And so I don't want to be that mom. I don't want to. There are days where I don't want to have to live this story. Right. I would really like a trade-in deck. And to say, okay, God, um, could you please give me just just the healthy kids like can you make him better now because living this way with our hearts breaking open every day it costs a lot yeah it's not free you know the the wisdom and the 
the rawness that comes from living that way every day. It is costly. But uh, then I think about who we were before it. And I think about what life would be like without it. And I wouldn't really be alive. And so I would so much rather walk towards my grave every day knowing that, oh my gosh, there's nowhere else I'd rather be than holding this kid's hand in this cemetery. I, I would so much rather have had my eyes opened by all of these things that God has given and allowed in our lives and call it grace than walk through life with this closed, bitter heart and, and call it injustice. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. these are good things because this is being human. And, and I think there is this culture of, Don't make me go there. Don't make me think the thing. Don't make me cry. Uh, Don't make me sad. Don't remind me of anything real. Um, Let's just keep it all happy, y'all. Let's just curate our Instagram feeds and let's just um, care about things that really, you know, we're going to pretend they matter today. They don't matter. And when we're 75 years old, we're going to look back and what do you have to show for it? Mm -hmm. Uh, What matters? Who are you? Um, What are you going to remember? I mean, Yeah. And, and I can say that from years of living that way before we really woke up, we already have enough regrets, you know, and, and even, even living this way, we still have regrets, you know, that I'm looking back on things I did or didn't do yesterday and wishing, man, I really should have had that conversation with Jeremy. I'm going to have to have that today. Or man, I really wish I would have, um, intentionally taken time to hug and look in the eyes of the older boys more. I'm going to have to do that today. You know, um, that's a good thing, right? I think that's the paradox of of the whole thing, which is kind of what you're saying is that, I don't know. Can you really, can you really know what's important in life if you're not faced with those things? I don't know. I mean, can you know, like in Sweden, can we appreciate sun, the midnight sun and the warm weather if we don't go through these months of hell? I don't know if you appreciate it. And that's kind of like, yeah. I don't think so, actually. I don't think you can, like, just have everything be great and appreciate it. You have to, like, see the other side or you just, that becomes normal somehow. That's right. That's yeah. right. And I think, you know, the the beautiful thing and the awful thing is that we all get a chance, right? Because if you're walking around today and and someone you dearly love is not on death's door or already crossing over that threshold or you yourself don't have cancer or some arbitrary something going on, you're on the clock, right? We're all on the clock. And, and, so, and so are all of the people that we love and all of the people that we hate and all of the people that we envy. We're all on the same clock. And so... Just just being open to, okay, today's great. Today my biggest concern is taxes and how to get more followers. I hope that the people who, who walk around in that vein are also aware of, but there's gonna come there's gonna come a day and there's gonna come a moment where I have an opportunity to be human. Yeah. And it may even present itself to me today. And either I'll recognize it or I won't. 
um, either I'll take that opportunity and see someone in the car next to me who reminds me of this friend that I'm kind of estranged from. And I'll either say, man, I really, I really want to write that friend. That reminds mm-hmm. me of that. Friend. I want to, I want to pursue that friend today and just let them know that I remember them. Or I'll say, what a weird coincidence. Hmm. There's people that look like, there's people that look like her. That's strange. You know, like we're all presented with these opportunities every day to, will you do the human thing or will you not? Um, And so I think that hopefully, hopefully we all encourage each other to do the human thing. (laughs) You know, encouraging me right now. I feel like I'm, oh, wow. Like so awesome. Yeah. No, it's really is. No, it is. Course, so sweet. You're wonderful. And I'm good thing there's no video because I'm (laughs) crying too. But but I don't care. I mean, like you're saying, it's it's nice to live too. I mean, I I know so many people who say just exactly what you said. Like, oh no, I don't want to talk about that. That makes me sad. Then you're like, okay, so should we talk about the weather? I mean, what does that mean? You know. I don't know. So tell me about, because, so you have Zion and then two other boys, Micah and Tyler? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How old are they? And just briefly tell me a little bit about each one. (laughs) Uh, Our boys. Um, (laughs) Man, they're the best. Um, Micah is 12, 12 and a half, that is. Almost Almost a teenager. Almost a teenager. That's crazy. So he's he's right in the right in the wheelhouse of that awkward stage in life, right? Like transitioning from being a a kid into a young adult, and but he is just he's awesome. He's brilliant. He's type A. He loves lists and making sure things are colored like within the lines. And he is a great reader. He's far better of a reader than I ever will be. And he's twelve. Yeah. Um, we cannot get to the library fast enough every week to replenish the books he's read and get him the new ones that are on hold. And wow. oh my god, he reads like crazy. It's amazing. Micah is also a kid at twelve who I found. Uh, I spent a really great day with our older boys about a week ago, and we were walking around this this theme park and riding roller coasters. And I I looked down and he's holding my hand. Um, oh. and I just, went, I just went, this is, this is great. I'm not ready for him to be mm. older yet. So, um, Micah, he's got awesome freckles and, and he <laughs> cares about doing his hair, which is, yeah, this is, the new thing. Which is uh, way too much pomade and always in the back. We're like, listen, we need to have a talk about the fun of your hair. Yeah. We, we yes. got to pray about this because yeah. this is a problem. <laughs> And he, 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 last time, uh, one of his friends who was a girl who came over and she's the same age as him. He's known her for years. She's coming over and I don't know if he's going to listen to this someday, but that's okay. <laughs> but like he disappears into the bathroom and he's like, well, I gotta, I gotta do my hair. It's like, oh, like, oh Eva's coming over. I, I gotta go do my hair. It's like, oh, we're going into that stage of life now. Yeah. Okay. And then 20 minutes later. He does it the second time for a second time. It wasn't quite right. Just a touch up, like he felt it was something was up. Yeah, 
little extra plumbing. Yep. It was like cement here. She's like eight inches taller than him now. So. Oh, God. Plays- I can't even, oh. like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. And you just yeah. know he's going to get his heart broken at some point. Oh, absolutely. And he's, he's going to break someone's heart. And you're just that, right. that whole thing, those experiences that you, you don't want to be without, but they're going to be, right. they're going to be painful. No. And it already, I mean, this year was middle school for the first time for him. And he, he had this gal that he really liked and he asked her to the dance or he was going to ask her to the dance. And he told his friend, well, his friend cuts in line and asks her to the dance first. And she says, yes. And he comes home, you know, and I'm like, okay, so how'd it go? And he said, well, um, the kid, the kid's name, I won't say it. His parents would never hear this, but I just won't say it. He says, so-and-so. Asked her let's first. Let's call him the jerk for this yeah, podcast. Yeah, the, jerk. <laughs> like, the jerk asked her first, and I was like, I couldn't even filter myself. I was like, Oh my gosh, I will shank him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it doesn't sound nice. And then, he, and then he looked at me, and he's like, Mom, stop. He's my friend, and she's my friend, and I just want them to be happy. Oh it's fine God. that he asked her. So and then our hearts exploded. He's that kid. He's the kid who, like, most empathetic kid ever. So intelligent, so kind. Yeah. And and obsessed with the Beatles, and so he plays the Beatles on the piano. And there are times where I'm like, if I hear that Lord, one more time. strength. <laughs> yeah. like, exactly. I'm like, look, the Beatles were fine, but this is getting a little extreme. So he's just, he's special. He yes. sounds amazing. Yeah. He really is. Um, Tyler. We're, we're really proud. And then uh, Tyler just turned 11. Tyler is our, um, Tyler is our dreamer. Mm-hmm. He is the kid that you will find outdoors more often than not. Mm-hmm. He will either be playing baseball by himself um, in the backyard and pretending to run the bases and casting his head by himself, or like outside with a sword. You know, like he he he's that kid. Yeah. He's he's the kid that somebody would videotape like doing moves with a sword <laughs> out in the yard. And, uh, and it's just it's just he has to do it. Micah yeah. Micah on on the one hand can sit and like watch a movie and be like engrossed in it Tyler like will watch a movie for like 15 minutes and be like oh I gotta go outside and play oh, um, God. and so he's he's the dreamer and the two of them they're 18 months apart um, we had two pretty back to back and they are like an old married couple they're yes. they're inseparable and they bicker and they are so different and they love each other probably the most yes. of oh. anybody on earth and so we're really fortunate that they have each other. It makes summer vacations a lot easier. They swim together and they yeah, they can be adventurous yeah. together and yeah, that's right. Like we have an old baseball diamond at the end of our street because we live in kind of this historic neighborhood with these larger plots, and so they'll get on their bikes and they load up their backpacks with all their baseball stuff and snacks and water. And then the two of them will just ride off to that baseball diamond and just play for hours. The two of them Wow. come back all sweaty and tired. And they just, they are, they are best friends. And, um, and I think, you know, 
having a younger brother that goes through the stuff that he goes through, they, they cling to one another for support. Like there have been some nights where I have to take Zion to the emergency room and we'll get back at three in the morning or four in the morning. And I, I peek in on their room and, and both of them in their single beds, they've crawled into one bed together to keep each other company. And, you know, I just see how they've had to go through these hard things too. We're not the only ones going through them. They're going, this is their life too. This is the story of their growing up for crying out loud. Jeez Louise. Can you imagine? And this is Uh, like, and I bet you guys as parents are also like mindful of, you know, Zion needs you. And also Micah and Tyler needs you. I mean like, so then there's the juggling of time and attention and, yeah. listening to what their worries are. And if they're right. in the mood to talk, you don't want to let that moment go by either. Right. And they're really good about, um, they're just really special. They're just really special. They're very, very empathetic and very aware. And so I find that it's maybe especially since we quit social media, there's just been, a lot more time and honestly attention to be able to notice who they are. And so there'll be days where they probably need me to go in and check on them. But instead, you know, Micah or Tyler will come in and sit next to me on the couch while I'm reading and say, how you doing mom? Do you need a hug? Oh my God. You know? And of course in that moment, I'm like, yes, all I need is a hug. But instead I'm reading this book and I'm thinking that, if I read this book and learn something new, it'll make my life better, you know? And what I really need is a hug from you. (laughs) And they're just really special that way. Um, And then Zion is five. Zion is five. He's adopted. He's adopted. He's the most beautiful, beautiful brown skin child you'll ever see in your life. He's gorgeous. Yes, he is. Yeah, it's funny because like, you know, he is, uh, <laughs> he is every bit like what, um, like you look at him, he's the complete an- antithesis of, of everybody else. Like, he, and he is every bit an essential member of the family yeah. at the same time. It is, uh, adoption is something that until you experience it, it is, um, you, you just don't know. It's kind of like having a baby. Like, what's it going to be like to love this child? Or when you have your second baby, like, right. well, can I really love this second child as much as the first? Right. Or, or can I really love this adopted little boy as much as these two? And the answer is yes. Like, <laughs> and um, Zion is, he needs physical touch more than, more than anybody else. He's the biggest extrovert that we have in our family. <laughs> he loves to laugh and dance and he's loud in like in like the best ways it's sometimes in the worst ways but like like the best ways meaning like he is he's ready to laugh and he'll the next door neighbors will hear him laugh you know and mm-hmm. he'll squeal with delight just because his brothers are rolling a car to him or something on the floor mm-hmm. um he loves his brothers a lot oh yeah and um we adopted him when he uh-huh. was um so when he was born, he was two and a half pounds. He was three months early. Wow. 
And so when we adopted him, he was three pounds at that point and still living in the NICU in an incubator. And so we'd go in every day and I would like stick him in my shirt, literally just hold him there skin, skin to skin for about eight hours a day for the first month of his life. And, um, and it's just fascinating because I look at, I look at Zion's life and it, it's as though God made all, all of this happen, right? And adoption is a state. Like, you don't get to adopt a child into your family unless he was not welcomed into another one. And so right there at the foundation of Zion's life is this story of, man, if, if it was a perfect world, his parents would be raising him, right? Right. Um, but because it's a broken world, we get to raise him and we get to hold him. And I feel like God gave us Zion to show us how beautiful his love is. Wow. Just unrelenting joy from this little boy. Even with all of the pain he goes through medically, he'll he'll be at the hospital with multiple people sticking multiple needles in him. And five minutes later, he'll say, I really love my hospital. I really love my doctors. You know, he's that kid, like happy and thankful to be wherever he is. And so, um, you know, it's really funny. The local newspaper did a story on our family. They somehow, through someone who knew us, found out we had adopted, right, five years ago. And so they're like, oh, let us come, and we're doing a story on adoption, and we want to take your photo and talk to you about adopting it. And so they came, and they did it, and and a couple weeks later, there it is. Um, And the headline, in all caps, this baby needed them. And my heart broke. I, I read that and just went, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You like, all back, all backwards. Oh, oh my gosh, this, this family needed this baby. This family was so wrapped up. These parents were so wrapped up in wedding photography, in blog stats, in comments, in who's noticing me next, or follower numbers, or well, we didn't book that wedding in that place, but we booked that beach wedding in this place, so that's going to be cool. You know, like, this this family had lost all perspective on forever, what really matters forever, yeah. and was so focused on what matters in the next five minutes. And then God gave us Zion. <laughs> and every five minutes, we are just like, he's still here with us. He's still magnificent. We still we still get to be an us. We still get to be the five of us today. Oh my gosh, God, what must you be like? Mm-hmm. Like that you'd give this, you know, out of brokenness would come this. Um and his life, I mean, he he only knows his life, you know. I mean, he yeah. doesn't he's never been a perfectly healthy little boy. So he's like this is what you do i i'm right, right or maybe that's right that's exactly right and and i told someone recently like that's 
that's the pain of being his mother, right? Because for Zion, I heard someone say, and I think it's brilliant, when you experience a loss or, or a death or um, a suffering at the beginning of your life, you grow from it, right? You're growing from that place. And, and that's what you know. But when you experience a loss later in life, you have to grow into it. And I think that for Jeremy and I, we're experiencing the suffering that Zion's going through much later in life. And we're having to grow into that with him. But that's his baseline, you know? And so he's like, you know, I think it's time for us to go to my hospital again. And I'm like, yeah, I think you're right. Or we'll be driving there and he'll say, is this going to hurt me? And I'll say, yeah, I think it probably is, but I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to lay in the bed next to you the whole time. And he said, okay, mommy. You know, so he he accepts that. I'm the one who every time is like, dear God, why does this kid have to go through this? Yeah. He's five and he's magic and he should be worrying about where his Legos are right now, not how many needles they're going to put in him this time, yeah. you know? So, uh, oh my gosh, well, what a wild ride. I think, I think anybody would be privileged and better for it to meet our our three boys <laughs> are, you bringing, really, are really, you bringing them to sweden uh i you know i don't think so i <laughs> with ryan's health we can't really we can't really take him more than 20 minutes away from his children's hospital because his surgeons are there and they've got him under a pretty close watch um we talked about the older two but when, when we leave because we've traveled a lot for work and when we leave the three of them, they are each other's family, you know, and as long as the three of them are there, we get back and their tanks are still full. Yeah. Um, if we take, if we disrupt the force, <laughs> if we take one of them away, literally like, oh, there's a disruption in the force. Yeah. Like, so oh, that's yeah. nice though. That's nice to know that, that, that they can give each other that, that you're not just pivotal to that. It's like a working yeah. kind of ecosystem, if you will. That's uh, right. And who who watches them when you guys are traveling? Well, it's it's yeah. a, it's a mix. Um, we have we have really good like uh, nannies that we hire sometimes uh, that have become friends of ours over the years. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom lives in town. Also, she works during the week, so it's not always possible to use her. But um, but. Once in a while, once in a while, yeah, just great. So, and are you guys traveling less than now with everything going on? Which, uh, by the way, I'm, I'm like, I'm so sorry that you, you have to go through this. This must be extremely painful. I don't even know. I mean, I there are no words. But um, thank you. Are you working like less? I mean, obviously, yes. But are you traveling Um, less? We are and we aren't. Um, you know how it is when you book your weddings for the year. Uh, those are the weddings you're going to shoot, right? And so I, Jeremy is working no less. He's traveling no less. Um, I am. I'm staying home for a lot of our weddings, and we're having to replace me at those weddings. And contractually, that's kind of how it works with our couples. And, and this is where it really does... Uh, it's a great thing that we care about our couples enough to talk to them and, and form some kind of an understanding and relationship 
ahead of time because they already, you know, by the time they've signed a contract, they already know about Zion. They already know what our lives look like. And we sit down with them here in this trailer and get on Skype with them. And we're as honest with them as we are with you. And so that and it's the couples that don't get that and they're like oh no not my not my thing that's fine and they'll find someone who's great for them but the couples who who connect to who we are and the way we tell stories um they understand you know they they don't want me to not but of course every single one of them says that's exactly where you should be. You should be at home with him. And so I've missed a handful of weddings this year and I will miss more. And, um, and that's something that I'm, I'm okay with because in those moments when we're in the hospital, I know that no one else can be to Zion what he needs, but me. And it's part of the joy of being his mom. Um, and also sometimes it really sucks, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. it, really sucks to miss that wedding that is for a family that we've cared about for years because we photographed their other son's wedding and you know it's hard but um but yeah we're we're doing what we can and as life continues to present these circumstances we're we're adjusting we're being present to them as best as we can you know oh my god oh oh god it's not everywhere um Hang on, the sound, the sound got bad for a second. Let me see if I can. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually, I can't hear you that great. Um, should I try? Should I? Let me try to turn off the video for a second and see if it gets yeah, better. Yeah. I guess I could do that too. Oh, see, I immediately hear you better. Good. Really? Uh, okay. Uh, yes, because it was it was cutting up. Yeah, try try it and we'll see. They can and then they can cut out this part of the chat. Where do I do that? Uh, you the, yeah, it's at the bottom. There's like a little icon that says "Stop right. Video." Yes. There's a video microphone, a plus sign, and a hang up. Here we go. Your video is turned off. Okay. There you go. Perfect. The sound is still is good now. Um, okay, good. Uh, which is good because, um, like, literally, I've I've been crying so <laughs> much that I have like snot <laughs> between, like, just in strings from my nose. Um, but um, I mean, obviously, that it makes total sense what you're saying, Ashley, about needing to be there. It's just, I think it's it's really interesting to hear and has been to just kind of hear this personal side. I mean, you tell it uh, because since the wedding, I mean, all of the wedding photographers and obviously everyone going like way up north and listening to this are, everyone has a private life. I mean, a life outside of wedding photography Mm -hmm. and everyone has an interest in knowing like um, how to mesh those two and, and like, you know, finding priorities. I think a lot of people are worried about followers and comments still. I I don't know. Do you guys get the feeling that mm-hmm. quitting social media has been shocking to some people or what has the reaction been? 
I mean, you get off of Sweden, you don't see a lot of reaction. So, <laughs> you, you're like, um, I have no idea. We're completely I, in the uh, dark. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what people are saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that it shocked some people. Uh, it has shocked many of our friends. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, okay, what's this all about? And come on, seriously, when are you coming back? It's like, well, I don't even know what we would do on social media right now. The culture changes fast. Yeah. Um, Yeah, now there's like Snapchat. That wasn't a thing. We we don't even know what it looks. I'm like, what is Snapchat? What does that look like? We have literally become like the old people (laughs) that just have no idea about anything cool anymore. So, you know, we're we're the people on our front porch going, oh, you pesky kids and your Snapchat. (laughs) We we are. um, And literally like what we do instead of that time that we would be scrolling through something is we sit on our front porch with our kids and there are a couple of house finches that this spring laid eggs. And so every day we watch them in their nest as they fly into it and sit on their eggs. We watch the day that the eggs hatched, watch the birds grow. And yesterday they flew away. Like that has been our past month and a half of life is Every morning on the porch, let's see what the house finches are doing. And maybe that sounds really, really pathetic, but I feel like it it teaches me something wonderful about the world. It gives me hope. It teaches our kids something really beautiful about life and let go and growth. And, um, you know, gosh, not to be too deep about it, but the reality is that we wouldn't have even noticed them yeah. a year and a half ago. We, we wouldn't have had time or energy to notice our own kids or our own anything you're, besides because, our yeah, followers and our, at our, phone, our feed. Your feeds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think that so much, so much time right now, it seems like, uh, for photographers is spent curating a feed when we really should should be seeing that time curating a life. And so uh, I think that, you know, the hard thing is that some of our friends have said stuff since we've left, um, close friends that we trust, like we want their, their opinions have said this time. Social media is just where everybody is right now. And you're missing out on that. Uh, you need to come back because, is it's it's the hot thing right now it's where everybody spends their lives and you know and we've had other friends who have said we're really worried about you and we're worried that you're going to disappear yeah and if you stay away much longer nobody's going to even know or remember who you are oh wow and and look i hear both of those arguments i can hear it like from the inside from knowing what was life was like on the inside of that jail cell for us, I can see how that's the perspective. Um, The problem is I can't be good at both. I can't be good at curating a feed and making shitty little photos of every little moment of my life or the moments that I think are sellable and putting words together and putting them out there and keeping up with followers to keeping up with content and following the right people and not following the wrong people. I, I can't be good at that. And also curating my life 
and looking my kids in the eyes and not looking at my phone on date night and calling my mother and, you know, getting work done and coming up with new ideas. Because the bottom line is all of our best ideas, I really believe this, are birthed out of boredom. They are, they come from that, you know, it was weird. I was on a run or I was in the shower or I was doing this thing that I can't do with my phone. Yeah. And this idea came. Totally. I and totally what a novel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, to have my own idea, you know, I, so we don't miss it. And I guess what I, what I say back to those friends when they challenge us is, listen, maybe more people would, would know who we are and think we're cool, but I would rather live into my life, really into it every single day. And less people know that I did something that mattered than a whole lot of people think I was yeah no that makes sense it totally sense I mean I can imagine you must have inspired people around you to quit social media as well I mean have you heard any of those stories yeah we've heard a few stories like that and I don't know if I don't know if our intent was ever to like start a revolution against you know war against Instagram or something like that um, this was just purely for, for us. And we were careful to say like, yeah. look, if you want to stay on social media, you go for it. Like we're not, we're not here to judge you. We're judging our own life. Mm-hmm. We're judging the look in our own children's eyes. <laughs> you know, when we first quit, they were like, yeah, we felt like, mm-hmm. And that just cuts you to the core when you're like, Oh, for four straight years, we basically put you guys on the back burner because, because this little box in my hand is more important than you guys. It feels so good. It's so much easier to relate to. That's right. And I, I feel awesome when I get a bunch of likes or whatever. The problem is that's not real. Yeah. That's not real life. That's, that's screen life. And real life is, is staring you in the eyes. You get one chance at it. So, um, yeah, I just never have met someone who's like, I really regret that I'm not spending more time on Instagram. <laughs> right. I mean, right. you're so right. I mean. I, a lot of people who regret that they're not knowing their kids more, that they don't know how to reach their kids anymore, um, that they don't know how to, you know, go to bed with their spouse or their lover without their phone in their bedroom. Like, yeah, I, you know, so I just think, and, and here's the reality, Jenny, this is a weird thing. Um, I think that we've inspired a lot of people or a few to the idea of owning social media. And I hate to say it, and, and hopefully I'll get some email correcting me, but I don't think any of them have stayed off. Right. I think we've inspired a lot of people to flirt with the idea of what it would be like if they didn't need it. And then they get it a week or two weeks or four weeks or eight weeks in. And they just can't handle the fear that they might be disappearing and that the follower numbers are dropping. Um, and, and look, I think that the way that we did this was very cold turkey. Like, there is no checking to see if people have followed or unfollowed us. There is no looking back at the app, but just not posting. And I know that a lot of people 
that have tried to quit after us, they've kind of still lingered on there, if that makes sense, you yeah. know? Yeah, like just, so, just I'm not really on it, but they, kind of, yeah. Oh, well, I think it's, I think, I, I know. I'm experiencing all the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I, and obviously you're doing it for yourself, so you're not doing it to get like credit or, you know, but I, I just think it's so commendable. I'm, I'm not, I'm definitely intrigued and, and I'm even more like, I'm excited to meet you guys in person, IRL. Because <laughs> uh, meeting you like on Skype now is, is, is so cool, but I, I feel like, um, yeah, it's going to be, I am so looking forward to your both your presentation at Way Up North, but just kind of like seeing you face to face and like giving you hugs. Yeah, <laughs> same. This is this is wonderful. Really honored to be here. Oh my god! I mean, I think we could, we could talk for a long time about surfing. Uh, I don't know if we have that time right now, but um, no. But it don't. certainly has been a big part of our story. About so. sorry, you talk more about what? I missed the word that you said. Oh, no, social media. I mean, we could yeah. talk for a long time about about that um, <laughs> and some views that we have on that and the culture, but um, I fear that we would we would go way too long and <laughs> everybody would be asleep by I the end. So. Way, um, that's why we have a podcast, right? Yeah, That well, there's that, but we should have like a little, you know, like a – powwow or I don't know what like a caucus um when you guys come to Stockholm mm-hmm. like just about that yeah. I mean just that would be yeah like seriously organize something like that that would be um but yeah I sure. think I think we're we're sort of out of time for today but I like I'm just so <laughs> Like thankful that we had this time together. I know we had some difficulty getting getting lined up, but wow, what an amazing meeting it's been! Oh, thank you, thank you, thanks for being so gracious to well to <laughs> carve out this for it. Yeah, we well, appreciate it. My pleasure. It's been a, an absolute delight hearing about your lives, about you. I mean, I wish we had another hour, but um, um. <laughs> I'm hey, any, anytime you see us here please just call. it would be such a treat i should i actually should i have uh my i have to get to my kids now <laughs> so they're like waiting yeah. for dinner but um but i you gave me so much to think about i'm actually going away this weekend with my husband and like i feel like I'm going to get Annie Dillard's book and just i just want to sit in like in, in a restaurant and talk about our conversation with him. So I look forward to that. You know, it's been a good conversation when I haven't looked at my like preparation notes once. (laughs) So, (laughs) but, um, yeah, so I'm going to thank you so much for sharing everything. It's been, it's been a true delight. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. (laughs) 
Hi, it's Brooke DeVard, host of Naked Beauty. Are you tired of feeling housebound? Break free with the new Unbound Cordless Auto Curler from Conair and get the curls you crave with no cord to hold you back. With the Unbound Cordless Auto Curler from Conair, you'll experience the power and freedom of beauty in motion. Just set your hair in the curl chamber and watch as perfect curls or waves come out. Get inspired with a whole line of Unbound Cordless Styling tools. Learn more at conair.com and search Unbound.